the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Check out theathletic.com slash spot track this morning for an update on the entire sports world. LeBron's fourth victory, the Rays' first round ALCS win over the Houston Astros, and plenty more NHL free agency. A big weekend of NFL and more injuries to talk to about, unfortunately. Plenty there. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your first year subscription. Good morning. My name is Mike Gennetti. Let's get around the world a little bit here. It's a, it's a tough time for sports fans trying to focus. It's a tough time for sports websites to stay active. I apologize to those who uh, tried to access us last night. We, uh, we, we took as much as possible, but the uh, LeBron victory and everything else going on in the sports world took us down for a few hours. So we're back up and running this Monday morning and ready to roll with the start of the NF- NBA offseason. Let's start there. Let's bring in Scott Allen. Scott, welcome back to the Monday show. I know you have advanced us into the next year already. Uh, the Lakers have won. It, that's behind us. Don't even need to talk about it, right? Nothing to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just give me your 17-second thoughts. I mean, this is exactly what we anticipated. This, is, this was my pick. This was many people's pick. You had yeah. LeBron pegged a couple of weeks ago. It, it just kind of worked out exactly like we thought, right? Yeah, I did, actually. I I. I saw a tweet this morning that uh, referenced one year, almost one year ago yeah, uh, when it, preseason Lakers said we made our what, picks like this time in October, right? We were making yeah. our picks. <laughs> well, they, the, the Lakers themselves tweeted out, uh, this is what you should expect in a preseason game. That was like a 25 point blowout. Nice. So uh, they were, I guess, predicting the future as it was anyways. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much what we expected. Um, I still am with the off season here. Now, if, if the cap stays where it's at, I do expect Anthony Davis to probably um, decline that player option and then sign for a higher max value with the Lakers. Most likely uh, because you don't think he's leaving, huh? (laughs) Not not after this. God, They looked like brothers last night talking after that game. They did. They did. And, and now that sort of like LeBron that hump is off uh Davis is back there. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there's there's pressure, but there's not the pressure that was with this uh, um this season. So, I think they're going to have even more fun. It'll just be interesting to see what pieces that they they put around them moving forward um if they want to stick with what they have or um if some of those guys do exercise their player options. Um, do, do they move them for some other uh, higher valued uh, p- uh, players uh, to put around them for whatever the season is going to be with this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch here, but it's 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 actually here now this offseason. And, you know, again, we're speculating on the cap as, as many are at this point, really with all the leagues. But I think it's safe to say it's going to stay. Is that is that a better than fifty percent assumption at this point that it probably isn't going under the current mark? Yeah, from from indications, if I read the tea leaves, it sounds like it's going to try to stay at the hundred nine million. Yeah. Um, I have not heard anything lower, but uh, keep in mind, there's always a lull in between the end of the NBA uh, finals and 
uh, when they usually set this on July one. So there's usually at least a month or so for them to do all their calculations. And I don't know if they can do that though, because that number is dependent on so many things. One being the the options, right? I mean, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to wait to see what happens with the the league finances to understand what they want to do personally. They're probably gonna have to expedite that process. My guess is that they're prepared for this, Scott. I mean, let's I, let's give I, them a little more, even more credit than we have. They, they pulled this entire thing off. I'm I'm guessing they're on top of everything for this offseason already, I, and they're gonna be full bore. Let's get to the draft. Let's get to the cap, and let's push this thing forward, right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with all of that. I'm sure that they have a a fluid dynamic spreadsheet or whatever they have software <laughs> that's built that is updating in real time. I I think that. They're going to wait to the last possible minute to see whatever revenue streams have come in over the next week or two or whenever they decide to announce anything. They're going to wait to the very last minute so that if the cap can come slightly above, even if it is like at a 110 or a 111, if it's there, they're going to want to go at the slightly higher than it is this year. Uh, just for that wiggle room, a little bit of more cap space. So then your free agency has a little bit more. Or it's all trickle down. So I think they're going to wait until the last possible minute to release any kind of uh, numbers. We're joined on the Hip Rate Hotline by Scott Allen. Visit dacardworld.com for your mystery memorabilia box today. Scott, back to LeBron real quick. You know, he uh, his post-game speech was great. And it was, you know, a little bit more somber than I thought, than I thought it was going to be. He was pretty excited. You could tell. You know, he, he and AD kind of had a moment. I don't know if you caught that on, on screen. Like with like a minute to go, he and AD went down the tunnel and kind of had a moment. I, did. I didn't know what yeah. the hell was happening. Was he leaving the court I, again? I was like, oh, my God, I, what is he doing I, now? Yes, but, I, uh, I thought the same thing. Clearly, you know, he was just kind of reveling in that moment, which is good. He said one thing that I, I want to bring up, which was that he kind of took AD under his wing and pushed him, you know, to the next level. It, you know, he... He kind of enjoyed the mentorship process of being that other, you know, top 10 player <laughs> that when you put one and one together, you get five, essentially. You get you get enough to win a championship. Do you think he do you think that's kind of who he is now? And you mentioned how there's the pressure is going to be off with this team. It's it's crazy. But the same the NBA offseasons generally have been crazy over the past five years. Do you, you don't think he's going to try to do this again with somebody, do you? let AD walk and have his own team and then bring in like a Chris Paul or a Westbrook who both would be on the move. If, if there's teams, you know, their teams would want them on the move is my point, but those are, those are winless players. And I know Chris Paul and LeBron are crazy close. You don't think there's a little bit of LeBron that might want to give Chris Paul a chance like at this. There's probably a, a small percentage of that there, yeah. but I think, because let's be honest, dynasties be... are dead. And, and LeBron's got a, a one plus one left on this contract. That's it. That's going to be it. He's not He's not doing this. You, you know, he's, we, he's not going to stand for uh, a non-prime version of himself. Is that fair to no. say? He, you're not going to get what Tom Brady's doing right now out of LeBron. Not going to happen. When his body says, I'm not peak anymore, he's done. He's got too many other ventures in his life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. you walk away and you stay just as relevant, if not get more relevant in Hollywood and all those other things he's doing. So I just think, you know, we're, nobody's thinking long term on this Lakers team. And if you are, it's through Anthony Davis, which makes a lot more sense. But I, I just wonder, you know, 
He, he did it in one year. He did what you and I say, but no one can ever do, which is completely rebuild a team in one offseason and go all the way as the betting favorite and win the whole thing. He did it. So do it again, right? I mean, the league would absolutely thrive from it if he did, if he pulled this off again. If he lets Davis walk to wherever, you know, OKC, someone, you know, anyone with kind of room and assets and, and go do it there and bring in Chris Paul, bring in bring Westbrook home to L.A. I mean, the, the storylines could write themselves. It's just, you know, I, I'm spitballing here, of course. But yeah, but right. my point is LeBron isn't thinking about four or five years of Laker dynasty. That's not what this is. So no. whatever's going to be best for him do, or more interesting to him for the next two years, he's going to be in on it. Yeah, but if he could go and do back-to-backs, I think that's I get something it. he'd be interested in doing, and especially with Davis and how close they seem to be. Yeah. Um, I, it, and, and you make a great point. He's got so many off-the-court things. Front office sports, their Twitter feed posted everything that he's done. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Just in, just in 2020. So let me list these off real quick. Published a children's book, launched more than a vote, raised $100 million for the Spring Hill Company, his media company, won a sports Emmy, struck a film deal with Universal, appeared on his first Wheaties box, and then the, the championship in four. Yeah, oh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All these things are just in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic and everything else. So, yeah, you're right. Well, and Liverpool won. That He's involved yep. in that. I mean, yeah, he's had a nice little year here. <laughs> to say the least. Interesting, because he, he definitely controls his own destiny is my point. So, Yeah, I, I agree. There's definitely room to bring uh, somebody else in, especially, like I said, if these player options, they opt in, and then they can move them wherever they want after they opt in. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think with the, the, the mileage that's on his body, we know he spends hundreds of thousands or a million dollars or whatever it is on his body every year just to... Um, keep his status quo or even get better mm -hmm. each year. So with that being said, the track miles that he has on his body, I think he would want an AD that is going more into his, the beginning of his prime here. Now he has a championship just like he had. Yeah. So now he understands how things are. And I agree. He, he, he sort of took on that mentor role and it'll be interesting because he has so much power. We saw it in Cleveland and then we see it in, in Los Angeles of, all right, go get this player. Yeah. I want that player. And so he can sort of pick who he would want to bring in. And the Lakers are going to have to listen at this point. Well, it's probably not an accident that Rob Polenka is standing right next to him, that whole post game. Um, <laughs> You just yeah. have to think that was a 1A, 1B situation in terms of how this team was put together this year. It's, it's not an accident that LeBron missed the, the second half of that season two years ago. You know, I know the groin was injured, but we've seen it before. You, you know, superstars that kind of cash out when, when, when they know that the going ain't right. It's just good business by LeBron to do that. You know, take that half year he takes off. Yes, he's injured, of course, but... It's also rest, relaxation, and and giving the Lakers time to recoup and get to this point, get to this roster. It was all part of the of the plan. Let's be honest. And he made it very clear in that speech yesterday that he has never missed a postseason game. But he's missed uh, yeah. he's missed plenty of regular season games purposefully. And yes. from a business standpoint, he he kind of a, he kind of created this whole load management process to some degree. And it's it's not even abuse anymore. You know, you can hate it as a fan, and I think many justifiably do. But it has it has elongated his career, and it has kept him 
absolutely at the prime of his game at 35 years old, which is insane. That's insane. But but it's because of the decisions he's made. He knows when to go. He knows when not to go. And he knows when to literally stop. And that is something that great athletes generally can't do. It's it's completely different from Jordan. It's different from many of the athletes we've seen in all these sports. Just the ability to say, no, 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 I got to be out on this one here because I got to save save X for Y. Uh, yep. it's, it is part of the, 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 the mindset and the genius that LeBron James will always carry with him. And if, if the goal is to keep AD and LeBron together, which I'm sure that's the plan, that's obviously, you know, where it's trending. That's the kind of thing that's got to transfer to AD. The, you mentioned the conditioning and, and the, and the money he spends on an annual basis to get his body right. And maybe his brain right too. I'm sure that's part of it. That's got to transfer to AD. He's got to mentor AD to become the physical specimen that he has become if the Lakers are going to have this long-term dynasty with AD at the helm. That's what needs to transfer is how, to, how do you become that central figure for 10 years, not for two, for 10 years, and then yeah. the Lakers will be in good hands because, look, LeBron, like I said, LeBron's on $39 million next year, then a $41 million player option, which who knows at that point? He might punt on that. You know, if they win next year, he's going for three, Pete. For sure. I mean, oh, you're going for the three-peat. But, uh, you know, outside of that, I think it's all completely up in the air. So it's about now transferring the power, transferring the body and the mind to AD to, to become the, the, the figure of the Lakers for the next decade, if possible. Might not be possible. It's, you know, it's not, it's not normal with what LeBron has done. That's for darn sure. Well, and, and going into the 2020-21 season is not going to be normal either because the turnaround that we're going to be talking about, depending on when this season It's a good point. When do you think? Running, when do you think? To me, the... The storyline start date is Martin Luther King weekend, right? Yeah, I think from everything I've read, Christmas Day is you oh know, god, no super way, hard, no way. It's a super hard push, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's going to be into January. Uh, it sounds like the draft, if they continue with what I heard, draft is uh, mid November, like 18th or 19th, somewhere around there, whatever right. that Thursday is. Have not heard of an ounce of when free agency is going to happen. I'm sure here in the next uh, week or so, we'll start to hear some rumblings of when that's going to happen mm-hmm. um, or even get a better timeline now that the bubble is done and the finals are done. The, the NBA, NB, uh, NBPA, they'll be able to uh, uh, sit down and hash out some things and because they, they have a lot of collective bargaining that has to get done before then because yeah. – you have when are these player options going to be due? When are the you know qualifying offers? Um, you know so many different things. Uh, um, trade exceptions. You have draft pick um, signings. Draft pick draft contracts. Pick, yeah. Well, yeah. After the draft picks, when, when can they sign those? And all these little elements that a normal fan wouldn't necessarily think. Trade of restrictions, that, right? That's a big one. Yeah, that's another one. Um, you know, some of the guarantee dates because yeah. some of these guarantee dates were all, you know, in we're January talking 10th, yeah, <laughs> 100, well, 150,000 or whatever. And that would have been like in, in the middle of July, a guy would trigger, um, or even some guys have triggers of guarantee dates when the regular season, first regular season game, and they're on the roster. So a lot of these things need to be figured out so that they can move forward. And that's all the little things that have to be bargained here. So there's a lot that's going to have to happen in a, in a short time. If I'm guessing Scott, it's going to be a November 18 draft. It's going to be a December 1st or 2nd free agency period. 
and it's going to be a January 18th start date, which is Martin Luther King Monday. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, Adam Silver has been adamant that they want to keep an 82-game season. Yep. So with that being said, I mean, this is going to be pushed into the summer again, most likely. There's no way that they're going to want to have, after what just went on, you know, multiple back-to-backs and all of that. I mean, if that does happen, LeBron is for sure going to take <laughs> the beginning of the regular season yeah. uh, with a grain of, grain of salt, for sure, because he's not going to put his body through all of that. And knowing that it, if they can have a team that they had and they can be at the top of the standings and still get into the playoffs and then make another push, I mean, he'll he'll obviously play, but he he knows his body more than anybody. So sure. it's, it's just going to be a matter of um, – what are these dates? And I'm sure he's going to have a giant uh, uh, calendar mapped out of when he wants to play. <laughs> when he needs to and then, and then the league will call him and try to pay him enough money to, to, to show up to some of those games that are going to be national games and TV spotlights that he's got to be on, on, on the court for. But you know how that back and forth works. Look, two more things real quick, and then we'll get off the NBA here. I'm trying to uh, keep things moving this, this morning. I pushed a big tweet out this morning, a big thread out this morning that kind of outlines who to look for this offseason in terms of the NBA. You know, it's not a superstar list like we've had the past couple of seasons, as we've referenced before, but there's some names. So rapid fire. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Rapid fire. Just say stays or goes. Dragic. Okay. Goran Dragic. Goes. Really? Yeah, I think so. They just going to give the ball to Hero full time? Yeah, Hero, Duncan, um, you've got they, – they're able to bring guys in. Even if They have goes, space, Scott? Um, because the next name on the list would be, real, would be a really hell of a good fit, Fred Van Fleet. Well, he, I think he stays. I, I think Toronto loves him. I think he stays. I, I think he has to stay because I think Miami poaches him. They're not. And Toronto bumps way down the east without him. That, that I, I truly believe that even though the Lowry's on that team for one more season, uh, here's a great name on a team that we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. Gallinari, OKC. Yeah. Gone, right? Um, yeah, I would think so. I think somebody overpays, even though I don't even know how that's possible with this cap situation, but you know, maybe somebody like an Atlanta or somebody can, can, can come out and, and overpay to get him in. He's, he's a shooter. He's okay. the last piece to the puzzle kind of player. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, Sign and trades. They're going to be a plenty with a lot of these guys because there's not. Going to okay, be much so he doesn't need more draft picks. No, they don't. But they could get a guy, they could get an asset player yeah. or two for him. So I I don't I think he goes with all the rumblings from the trade deadline and all that, and then he didn't get moved. So I I think he moves. Okay, uh, Marcus Morris. Um, yeah, I think he moves. How much of this Clippers team gets disbanded here? Because I've got Montrose Harrell on this list as well in terms of free agents. You know, I, I, I think they try to bring him back. I think they, I think they like Harrell. Okay. With, with a new coach that may change, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Harrell will be back. Yeah. Is it Ty Lue? It sounds more and more like it. They're pushing for him. Yeah. Unless there's some dark horse that we haven't heard about. Okay. What about the big men? Hassan Whiteside, Tristan Thompson, uh, you know, Serge Ibaka to some degree. There's just quite a lot of big men out there right now that, that are going to be available either via 
you know, declined options, unrestricted free agents, or just the trade market, I would imagine. Yeah, I think Whiteside probably leaves. I think Portland, they tried that. <laughs> I think they're going to move on from that. Ibaka, I think for his best interest, he stays in Toronto because he left Toronto, mm-hmm. went to Charlotte, didn't work out, you know, he went back to Toronto and he's sort of flourished there. That's where he does really well. So I think he stays there. Um, Bertans is interesting. Washington, I know really likes him. I'm assuming they're going to give him a nice offer, but if he doesn't want to be in Washington, um, he could be gone. Uh, We got Tristan Thompson, you know, that, that, that's an interesting one. Well, you know, pushing forward here, they've got Andre Drummond on an, on an option who I, I, they do. He's going to have to opt in, right? He's just not going to get that kind of money again. No, I don't think he will. Uh, so I think he, if he stays for the one-year option, Thompson's gone. Thompson walks. That's LeBron's boy, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go that route and move, uh, the problem is the Lakers' options are players, player yeah. options. So but again, it's, it's as soon not going to be exercise. As soon as they exercise, they can be traded. Have to be before. Before the, the the league year, they will they can f- flip them yeah. as soon as the new league happens. So um, right, that's the uh, the timing mess we went through with AD last is. year. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That should be fun in the middle of the Christmas holiday. <laughs> Send your family <laughs> home. You're going to be doing NBA yeah, math all all Christmas. Um, I, I agree with you about Toronto. You know, getting losing Ibaka and Van Fleet would be way too much. If they consider themselves to be contenders, even next year, they have to keep those two in, in, in tow unless they can upgrade with a major trade piece. But, uh, you know, who knows at that point? Outside of that, it's pretty weak. Uh, I mean, the, RF, the RFAs are kind of interesting. Uh, is Brandon Ingram on the move here? Is he an offer sheet guy? I think he might be, Scott. I, I would not be surprised if a team yeah. threw an offer sheet at him, but I also think with the way he played this uh, this last season that the Pelicans just give him the max match yeah, yeah just give him the max um Bogdanovich can certainly shoot like Bogdan- <laughs> you know the, the, he he is an interesting yeah. scenario because they offered him the extension at the beginning of the season and he said I'm not signing that yet and now it, if he does not want to be in Sacramento I mean he yeah it's a restricted free agency so you know Sacramento can match yeah but you know they did throw an extension at him. He didn't. He didn't bite on it. So it'll be interesting to see if they retain him or they let him go. Because I mean, like I said, he can shoot. And they've got rookie options on Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Fox as well too. So their, their entire core right now is kind of you know it's in their control, but it's getting flimsier and flimsier. But that was a fringe team. That team came on like gangbusters late in the year. I have to imagine yeah. that they're looking to add, not subtract. Right now, that's just my estimated guess. I'd say the same about Phoenix with Dario Saric and those kind of players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they went undefeated in the bubble. They were they were in the right spot. It looks like they're trending upward. Probably adding, not subtracting at this point. Finally, in Phoenix, by the way, my God, it took a decade, but they're finally at this point. Here's the only other team I want to mention: Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be Lakers version 2.0 here, where? This was kind of like a dud year for Brooklyn, even though they they completely overachieved, you know, based on the injuries that they had. But, you know, you had LeBron coming off an injury last year. And, you know, they put their new team together, air quotes, new team together and went right to the finals, right to the championship. 
That's essentially what Brooklyn is doing here, you know, obviously coming from a different approach. But, you know, Kyrie and, and KD, <laughs> to, 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 to sit atop of that team on that roster right now, that's new. That's going to be brand new for this Brooklyn team. It's a different injury, though. It is. And I don't want people to forget this. It's not a groin tweak like LeBron mm-hmm. had. It's not, you know, it's an Achilles. Yeah. And we're just not seeing in any sport right now, in, you know, NFL, any of these sports, we're not seeing Achilles injuries come back very well. So I hope that there's caution to the win with, with KD in Brooklyn and that they just don't try to push this thing, especially if it's going to be an expedited season like you mentioned. That's just not good business for KD or for Brooklyn. Look, Brooklyn was, my God, a seven seed this year with a nothing roster. They, they literally brought nobody to the bubble. Nobody. Everybody had to opt out or was injured or something. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, it they, was. and they darn near got to the second round. So, I, you know, I don't think they have to go super big, especially out of the gate with this, with this updated roster. You know, let Kyrie run the show for a little bit, then maybe give the keys to KD for a little bit. Similar to how the Lakers treated with LeBron and AD. It was kind of a back and forth. It was, you know, and methodically, maybe even planned, you know, <laughs> this is going to be my week. It's going to be your week. I, I can absolutely see that being the case inside that locker room because yeah, it, it is a marathon. I just hope Brooklyn was, was taking notes because they're talented now. They certainly have the roster to get this done. Uh, but I just don't know if you can expect what we just saw from L.A. out, out in Brooklyn this offseason. You have well, any that, thoughts about that from a team-building standpoint, or are they pretty much set in stone? No, I wouldn't say they're completely set in stone. I mean, there's some guys that they could move. Um, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, he, I mean, we've talked about him in the past. Yeah, it's probably time. Potentially moving him. Yeah. You know, um, they've, they've got some guys that I think they really like. What is going to be the ultimate factor is the coach, Steve Nash. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, they've had so many different coaches in, in in Brooklyn over the last few years. And now, you know, we've got a new head coach with essentially a new roster. It's like KD and Irving are free agents this year because they yeah. haven't been playing. So um, it, it, it's a team that is going to have very high expectations, but I agree there, there's going to have to be, I think some caution. Um, I'm sure Durant has been playing whatever he can here in the off season to prepare himself, but there's nothing like no, uh, game yeah. game scenario uh, until you're actually in that game. And so is he going to over push himself and, and re-injure it or is, is, him and Kyrie going to butt heads a little bit because we know Kyrie's track history in Cleveland and in Boston. And so it, it, it's going to come down to that chemistry, it, bringing in these two alphas onto this team that they have currently um, is, is everything going to meld correctly? And it can Nash um, Jedi mind trick everybody to, to play nicely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, lot of egos in that team for sure. By the way, one one player to mention for sure that I, I have to imagine they bring back is Joe Harris. Just a quiet, does his job, shoots the ball real well, gets streaky at times. He's got to be back in the fold. I do think there's changes. You're right. I really do. I, I By the way, I don't think the, the Lakers will make changes. 
No, I don't I think, think at all. Start the season. <laughs> no, I think the season. I think they're going to ride with the season with the core that they have, and if and, and go from there. If they start to see some issues, or you know, I mean, you don't bring back Howard, but you keep McGee, McGee's got a player option. You keep him. That's to me. That's a that's a perfectly fine. You know, they're going to need some I mean, depth. You can bring in Tristan they, Thompson on a on a veteran minimum contract at this point. LeBron already got him paid. You know what I mean? If you want to replace yeah, if you want to replace Dwight Howard with Tristan Thompson on the vet min, go and do it, right? Well, and and Howard they caught lightning in a bottle for sure. Yeah, I mean, for a couple a, months, yeah. <laughs> uh so he he could come back, help out and if you got to, you know, Oh, he's got to walk away. He's got to walk away. Maybe you got to ride this out and go off into the sunset. If you're Dwight Howard, don't, don't, bring, don't come back before any more, any more mess. Yeah. I, I actually thought no, I was actually thinking about it when I was watching last night that Rondo should do the same, but I didn't realize he, he had himself a player option and it's so freaking friendly 2.6 million. Oh yeah, my God. He's so valuable with that number. So, you know, the Lakers have to beg him to come back at this point because he's a, uh, you know, whether or not he's playoff Rondo or full season Rondo, it doesn't really matter because he was absolutely vital to this team down the stretch. So I would imagine he's back in the fold. LeBron won't, won't let him leave. Uh, well, you make a great, just to go back, you make a great point with the Joe Harris, you know, and Kawhi yeah. does job, does the sh- shoots it. Alex Caruso was sort of that on the Lakers this year. No question. He, 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 and Van Gundy or whoever it was on ESPN or ABC made the point of, Caruso just goes and does his job. Sure. He, if they ask him to jump, he jumps. If they ask him to, that's the ultimate LeBron guy. Ultimate LeBron guy, right there. What's his situation? So, Is he uh, kind of rookie vested? Uh, he he signed. Uh, he's guaranteed two point seven five million. Uh, let me see what he has. A lot of these contracts align with LeBron. It's not an accident, folks. <laughs> it's not an accident. Boy, I'm trying to think about who's going to be next in line after LeBron leaves. Who's going to who's going to join up with AD to be, to continue the Lakers? I don't know. I mean, Who, if, which rookie's going to fall out of favor? Who's it going to be? You know what I mean? Well, could, they don't really have uh, a be, lot of rookies. Could Most be De'Aaron Fox. That Sacramento team. Could, oh, you could mean blow that? Up. Those kind of rookies. Yeah, I'm oh, talking. Yeah. I'm talking. You know, outside of the rookie contract, doesn't want to stay with their current team. We, that's how the NBA kind of operates. Once you lose team control, you lose you lose control of your uh, your superstars. I don't think it'll be Luca. I don't think Mark Cuban will ever let Luca leave. Ever. Not at all. Because Luca's not just good for on the court. Luca's good for business, and that's Mark Cuban's mo. So I. Uh, yeah, international players. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all good. Mean, it's super charismatic. Like he is a, he's a home run for Mark Cuban. So, so going back to Caruso, he has a next year, like I said, it, it's guaranteed 2.75 that 2022 season. There is only, there are what one player under contract, which is LeBron with his player option. You can't even and count then, it. And you can't really count it. And then you've got two guys with restricteds, but everything else is, that's what I'm saying. Roster is empty in 2022. That's what I'm saying. Like if next year's is a regression year for the Lakers, LeBron's probably done. LeBron's probably done because he's not going to stand for yeah. another rebuild. <laughs> and and well, and if your AD and his agent, which I believe is Clutch, you know, you know it's Clutch. They. I was looking for him in the post game conference. But you're you're only doing a one and one. You're not doing a five years. 
because of course. if that roster in 2022 has absolutely nobody signed, you want to go out into the free agent market because you don't know, A, where the, the cap, cap and all that's going That's be. right. But if if LeBron is done and doesn't want to opt back in or you know he goes somewhere else, AD may not want to be with the Lakers long-term because their long-term plans are non-existent at this point. Agreed. I definitely agree. All right, Scott. Let's flip to the NFL. Let's flip the switch here quickly. I don't want to go too morbid. <laughs> um, let's talk positive first. You are in the Washington, D.C. area. We joked about it last week that this would not be a good week to bring back Alex Smith because of the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams defense. Did I see this right? I, I, was, I was not watching too much football yesterday. Did they have 16 sacks yesterday? Oh, I didn't see that total. I know that Aaron Donald I, had four. Well, I know Alex Smith last I heard had four. Um, no, I believe he got sacked six times. Six total. I knew at least four. And they had already knocked Kyle Allen out of the game. Uh, two things to take away from this. Number one is the Rams are back. All right. That defense, that Wade Phillips less defense is completely back. They damn near ran the table. They came up against a really good Bills team in Buffalo. That's their only mark on, on, their, on their season right now. Jared Goff looks great. These new weapons are outstanding. They've got the, the right recipe of wide receivers right now. Everything's ticking for that Los Angeles team. And from Washington's standpoint, I don't think you can go back to Alex Smith. It's unbelievable that he got back on the field like it is. But with that happening like an hour before the Dak situation, I don't even know where to like put my hands right now. Everything was, everything was so weird yesterday, but... That's got to be Kyle Allen's team. Has to be. You can't do this to Alex Smith. That team's just not good enough. That roster is not prepared to, to, to handle up somebody with that kind of injury history. And now Kyle Allen, of course, has an injury as well. But I don't know what you do right now because I, I was uncomfortable watching highlights of Alex Smith. I don't know where you sit on this. Yeah, it was... It, it was probably extremely fast moving for him being back in that yeah. pocket. Um, yeah, total of eight sacks um, allowed by Washington. Um, you know, I mean, you do that against the Falcons, he, not the Rams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give yourself a chance to get into it a little bit. My goodness. But, but I guess the scenario that ended up unfolding was, you know, Kyle Allen gets a head injury, concussion. Yeah. Alex has to come in. Haskins wasn't even there. He was what are we sick. doing? He was sick, and they they had nobody to back up Alex Smith if he went down. Does he have COVID? So what what the no. hell is going they on? Said, they just said he was sick with something but was not COVID-related. Can they just play this kid for the rest of the year? Like, you, you don't, play your, don't play your $40 million quarterback. You play this kid. Play the kid. Let him try to figure this out on a roster that's, you know, maybe going to be last in the division now. That's fine. That's no one anticipated them to be better than this. What are we doing here? I feel like Ron Rivera is well, just overcoaching this whole situation. I hate it. Well, right before kickoff, I saw an article posted about how they're they're looking to possibly trade Haskins and what <laughs> offers that they're going to get for him. Well, so they should uh, they should listen to our podcast from last week because there's about 97 quarterbacks that are going to be available, <laughs> and Haskins ain't one of them. I'll tell you that right now. But but yeah. Alex Smith, it looked like everything was running super fast for him. I mean, he was trying to stay alive from what I saw. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that pocket was just collapsing. That offensive line is not good for him to have to deal with. And um, 
Yeah, that that team, I, I don't know what they're doing. A lot of pieces I really like a lot. And uh, I am not writing them off for the long term by any means. Just for this year, you know, you lose Chase Young. He's going to be banged up now for the rest of this year, even if he comes back in, in full. Um, you know, your wide receiver set was never good enough. Your tight end set was never good enough. They've, I think they've got a, a serviceable running back for sure, but you don't have the offensive line or the quarterback position figured out yet. You can't go anywhere. So pump the brakes, man. Just, uh, my God, Alex Smith, unbelievable story. I am absolutely not knocking the story or the effort or the comeback. It's great to see him back in the field. I, I just don't want tragedy. That's all. I don't want – there's no need for this. He has He has had the career – that many dream of, you know, and I realize he's never won it, but just, uh, man, pump the brakes, Washington, for sure, because it's just, I, don't, I just don't think it's worth it. It's such an ugly division. Let's just, let's transition in division here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to note the DAC injury. It happens. It's, you know, it's awful that literally, of course, it's what we thought of, but I saw hundreds of people thinking what we were thinking, of course, which is the contract. You see a guy's ankle look like that, and the first thing you think of is, oh, my God, he's got nothing guaranteed next year. And that's just the world we live in right now. But I, I don't know. He's got the insurance policy. He's got a nice Campbell's soup endorsement. I mean, he's, let's not gawk too much about Dak's money because, you know, you're the cow- Cowboys quarterback. You're, you're pretty set up for life no matter what you do here. And, you know, by the way, he's still going to make his $31.4 million, even though he's sitting on the sidelines now. Dallas, man. I, I mean, I've got a list here. <laughs> Dallas has now lost starting quarterback, starting left tackle, starting right tackle, starting tight end, both starting quarterbacks, their middle linebacker, their swing tackle, and a defensive tackle for the rest of the entire season. Done. Whew. Week five. Done for the year. Man. And they're, they're in first place in the NFC. East. <laughs> <laughs> they have a one-game lead. With two wins, though. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, but eight and eight's going to do it. Yeah, Seven it and nine might do it. I, I, what do you do with I that? Know. You know what you do? You give Jerry Jones a hell of a lot of credit for signing Andy Dalton. That's what you do because they have a chance. They have a chance even after everything we've just said because they have Andy Dalton and not, I can't even name the Titans backup or the Rams backup or whatever they've done. This is why it matters. All these, that, that conversation we had last week, Scott, about all these quarterbacks that are going to be on the move next year. This is why Matthew Stafford, if he doesn't get a starting job, he's a bad example. Derek Carr. If Derek Carr doesn't get a starting job next year, you take the $5 million backup job somewhere. You do it. And you load it up with incentives, with, with snap percentage incentives and playoff win incentives. You do it. You know, if, if, the, if, the, if the Patriots want to make you a, a decently paid backup quarterback to Cam Newton or to whoever it's going to be, you, you sign take that it. contract. Swallow your pride, sign the contract, because more and more, half the league needs backup quarterbacks throughout a regular season. And who knows? You know, you, what if Andy Dalton comes back and is just above average, which, oh, by the way, he's been for a lot of years in, on bad Cincinnati teams. And he, he's got some yeah, pretty darn he's good got weapons, more weapons still. Weapons. For sure. Say, yeah, he's got weapons. For sure. So, and 8 and eight's going to win the division. So these are all recipes for success for Andy Dalton. So I'm giving Gary, Jerry Jones exact- a lot of credit here. This, is, this was a, a, a boss move by him to bring in arguably yeah. the best backup that was available this offseason. Well, and that's why a, a player like Jameis Winston went to the Saints because in exactly. the event that breezes out even one or two games exactly. and he gets to get into that, that, that high-caliber offense and get the, the learning, that, that's what you have to do in some cases. Not enough teams are doing it. 
Not enough teams yeah. are doing it this uh, this way. And and we you know we mentioned that there's going to be a lot of veterans moving. Even I even you can look at even Joe Flacco. You know he's got nothing left in the tank, and that Jets team is just my goodness. But I give him a little bit of credit. You know that, that there's so much concern that you can't put a a notable veteran quarterback on a roster when there's a rookie quarterback because you're going to hurt. You know mess with his confidence. We got to stop this. This is every kid gets a trophy, man. That's what that is. It is. It we, is. We, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football apparently needed a number 23 pick <laughs> to fuel his fire over 2020, Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, by the way, it's working. So if Aaron Rodgers needs a little push every every now and then, I think Daniel Jones and Ryan Tannehill could use a little push, too, behind them. A little, You know what I mean? Let's, uh, yep. let's, let's stop playing with emotions here and just be smarter with team building. It's the most important position in all of sports. And if you can have two good ones... Have two good ones. It's that easy. There's plenty of cap space for everybody. It's that easy. So when when Matt Stafford and 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 Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz and Derek Carr and you know maybe Philip Rivers if he wants to play more, if these guys are floating around next offseason, you take them. You take them. And if you have a quarterback controversy, that's too darn bad. <laughs> that's probably a good problem to have right now in the NFL because there's nothing more important. So terrible news for Dak. Look, you know, we, I've been tracking these numbers for a lot of years now, almost 12, 13 years now. And 10 years ago, if this injury happens, my first tweet's going to be, there goes the contract. He's, he's going to be on one to two-year contracts for the rest of his life. It's not the case anymore. Science is better. Doctors are better. The NFL is better. The game is a little easier on quarterbacks. He's getting paid. And I, and, and I got I to say this. I think it might get paid this year as soon as the regular season's done. I think Jerry gives him a little late Christmas present and says, you know what? You showed us enough. He was an MVP candidate and he was doing yeah. it again yesterday. So, you know, yes, Andy Dalton could be a serviceable quarterback for that Dallas Cowboys team and take him to the postseason. But Dak Prescott's still your long-term quarterback. They're going to fix the ankle. I understand that there's been some, you know, some other comparisons to athletes who've had this injury and it hasn't gone well. I, I just, I trust sports science right now yeah i don't think why why would we why would anybody not at this point everybody's coming back i mean pitchers get their arms completely detached and reattached and they're throwing 100 102 miles an hour in you know nine ten months so I, it's not going to stop him from getting paid whether it's with dallas or not i'm not sure I, I still i still would side with that but if the 49ers come calling with 100 million dollars guaranteed next year i wouldn't be surprised yeah i wouldn't be surprised or the Raiders. I'm throwing that in there. <laughs> you don't think Nathan Peterman's their guy long term? Hey, Derek Carr looked great yesterday. It's a bad yeah, it's did. a bad weekend to knock the Raiders guy. No, I know. My I know. goodness. That was a performance. It was. All right. Anything else in the NFL that stood out this week? Anybody need to get paid? Anybody stand out where you're like, my goodness, how is this player, you know? To me, what's interesting is that the players who have been paid are just balling. I mean, it's they are. I mean, they're just it, it, it kind of never works that way. But, you know, it, you're not really getting a ton of value across the league right now. It's a superstar driven league. And I'm a little concerned for that, a little bit concerned for that, because that that was a bad era for the NBA. If you remember that, where it was like all about five or six guys and the parody was gone and we didn't have, you know what I mean? Like, thank God we had this heat Jimmy Butler situation in the NBA. It was so refreshing. It, it, was, it was wonderful. Um, you know, for two I, I games. Think, well, I, I, I think the standout, and we sort of alluded to this 
uh, I think last time, but man, some of these rookies that are coming in and lighting things up, like Claypool on Ugh, Pittsburgh. On my bench, you, you mean? Know. Yeah. <laughs> Ruggs, <laughs> Ruggs yesterday with the speed that he showed, you know, Gibson on Washington, you know, all these, some of these rookies that are stepping up yeah. and, and showing why they were drafted. And, and it goes to show that, teams the the good teams that know how to do player development and scout and pick the players that they need yeah it, it, it works out like you know pittsburgh claypool it's unbelievable man up. it's been a it's been two decades of second to third round wide receivers that just always hit it's on and, and running backs too I, i'm gonna give them credit it's an unbelievable run i mean they're just a factory for offensive skill players yes yeah. yeah. So that that's the one thing that I think stood out more than someone getting paid or these these first year or second year rookies that, yeah. you know, that, that they're, they're showing why they were drafted and, and they're stepping up. And it, it, to translate it from last week's pod with these rookies in the rookie scale with the quarterbacks, you know, it same thing is going to happen with these running backs and wide receivers in four or five years when these guys are all going to want to get paid because they're all super team controlled right now. I'm a little worried for Joe Burrow. <laughs> He's in the hardest division in football and yes. uh, those defenses are nasty and I hope they can keep him upright. I really do. He's a, he's a really solid player. I think he's got a career ahead of him, but man, he is in for a, a beating this year in 2020. There's no question. Um, last thing real quick, two minutes. NHL free agency was Friday, started Friday. There was, you know, I kind of alluded to there might be some trades. We had a couple of dandies and obviously none of the major players yet. I'm going to air quote yet because I have heard there's some rumblings of some bigger names still. Uh, but some of the bigger chips have fallen. I, I'd say maybe two or three of the biggest free agent ships have not fallen yet. But, you know, it's been three days now, almost three days of, of free agency. They're at about $420 million of total spending, which, you know, we track the other leagues. And by this point, many of the other leagues are in the billions. <laughs> so you can understand the yeah. difference, the gap that the NHL has with the other. It's just, you know, it's just how it works. Not not making fun of them. I'm just saying there's a there's a big, gigantic difference between the uh, the big three sports versus the, the NHL in terms of their, their spending and their finances. The Calgary Flames have uh, gone all in here in terms of their free agent spending. They've got a couple of nice signings. Uh, they lead the league right now in free agent spending with 50, 56 million. Ottawa has not only spent big, but they've acquired big. So I, I mentioned it in the last pod, Scott. I don't know if you listened. I the Ottawa Senators are what I'm looking at for the New England Patriots. They came in with cap space. They found more cap space. They 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 bought out some guys, things like that. They set themselves up to be poachers. They were hunters this off this off season. They went, they went signing in the free agency. They, went, they pulled some players off of teams that were literally not in good cap shape. That's going to be New England, right? New England's going to figure yeah. out exactly what they have in five or six core players on that roster right now. They're going to get a couple of guys back that were exempt opt-outs from COVID, and that's going to fill in some more blanks. And then Belichick's going to know exactly where he needs to go and get. And, oh, by the way, one might be the quarterback position. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. One might be yep. – I mean, I, I don't know. It's – is Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to New England? It's very possible. It's extremely yeah, possible. possible. It's extremely yeah. possible, but he's going to have positions that he knows he they're already doing the work, but they've got X cap space and it's going to be maybe top two cap space in the entire league. So uh, when you're looking at these NHL teams and you're seeing some of these teams that generally don't spend or aren't frivolous in the off season, 
you know, why are they there? Why is San Jose and Detroit there? It's because they had down years. Chicago is literally buying out everybody right now. Down years, have some cap space where other teams don't, and they can be aggressive even, you know, when the Torontos can't right now and your, and your New York teams can't right now. That's what's going to happen with some of these offseason teams. So it's actually really important to look at 2021 cap space in the NFL right now. It's not so much in the NBA because nobody has cap space. So it's more about signing trades, as you've mentioned many times. But who's got the cap space in 2021 in the NFL? And where are they in terms of their winning schedule? You know, if they're, if they're bad, if they're Miami or Jacksonville and you know where they're going down before they're coming back up, then that's going to be a useless conversation. But the Patriots and teams like that who are in the middle of, of their division right now and they can buy and get better, Keep an eye on that. It's going to be fun next offseason. So, uh, you know, we'll keep up with the NHL stuff. The NBA stuff is just getting going here. Thanks to Scott for all that information. And we'll keep tweeting out that information as well. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get yourself 40% off. Keep up on all this offseason news with all these major sports. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. We'll be right back.